This is Ebola Situation Report, a radio production aired on Radio Banga to provide updates about the Ebola situation in central Liberia. On a program today, we are looking at the Bon Ebola Treatment Unit, the ETU, since it started operation a month ago. I am Javasa Massa with Ebola Situation Report. Welcome back. It is now a month since the International Medical Corps, IMC, a U.S.-based medical charity, took over the management of the Ebola Treatment Unit, ETU, in Suakogobong County. The facility was constructed by Save the Children as part of its support to the ongoing fight against Ebola in Liberia. The former turning over of the ETU to the government of Liberia through the Bon County Health Team was held on September 10. A month later, I decided to take a visit at the facility that is fully functional with both local and expatriate health workers collaborating in efforts to eradicate Ebola from this part of Liberia. Upon arrival, we were ushered in by Samevich Simalapata, program coordinator of the International Medical Corps Liberia. Samevich took 20 minutes to provide relevant facts about the Ebola treatment unit since they took charge of managing the facility in September. In her briefing, she disclosed since the opening of the center, they had a total of 112 emissions, both Ebola and non-Ebola patients. She further indicated the facility currently has 32 persons admitted, among which are 13 confirmed cases and 20 suspected cases, 40 discharges made, 13 killed from Ebola, and the total death toll since starting operations stands at 29. Here is providing more details about the Bong Ebola treatment unit. We started slow because we wanted to make sure that every time we added in new patients that we were double and triple checking our protocols to ensure staff and patient safety. We are now operating at full capacity. Currently, we have 33 patients, 20 in the suspect ward, 13 in the confirmed ward. We also have one father who was discharge cured who came back to care for his five-year-old son who's in the confirmed ward, which is a really touching testament to the power of families in Liberia and the responsibility that he's taken to make sure that his son is taken care of very well. So what have been the, the total admission here since you started? We've had 112 individuals come through and get tested. 40 of them have been discharged negative. 12 of them died before a test was able to be taken. There were 17 confirmed deaths and 13 cured discharged. So of the 30 confirmed that have left, half of them, roughly half have died and roughly half have been cured. Um, this is slightly better than the national average, but it is definitely lower than any or higher than anyone wants it to be. Um, but Ebola is a very difficult and devastating disease. It has a very powerful impact on the body. Someone very small might actually survive. Someone very large and robust 
might actually succumb to the disease. It doesn't seem to have much logic to it. We do everything that we can to provide presumptive treatment for malaria, other bacterial infections. We provide vitamins. We provide um, rehydration salts to balance electrolytes in your body because people, if they have um, the symptoms of Ebola, are losing a lot of fluids and um, a lot of their electrolyte. We provide three meals a day that include vegetables, meat, and rice to make sure that it's a well-rounded meal. For people that have trouble eating, we provide fufu. We also have um, ready-to-use therapeutic food for very young children who are having trouble eating. We also provide a variety of fruits and vegetables. We also do IVs if they're needed um, and to make sure that people are well hydrated. The essence of our care is to try to make sure that we keep the patient as healthy in other situation, from other diseases as possible so that their immune system can fight the Ebola virus on its own. So that's its only priority. Percentage-wide, uh, what would you attach to the survival rate compared to the death rate? The survival rate um, currently is about, I think it's 45%. The death rate is about 55%. But every day we have people that are discharge cured and people that um, don't make it. And we've had more discharge cures in the past few days than we have deaths. Many of these deaths are from early on when people had no other option and the disease was quite progressed before they came to the ETU. What's the bone counter rate for now? Is it uh, on the increase or what can you say regarding the bone counter rate? I can't say anything regarding the Bong County rate. And the reason for that is, I can't say anything about the Bong County rate. And the reason for that is, our ETU takes cases from Margibi and Nimba as well as Bong. And we are not aware of all of the cases in Bong County. As you know from the Ebola Task Force meetings, there's a number of deaths where we don't, where the county does not have the ability to identify whether or not they died from Ebola or some other illness. As a result, calculating a true death rate for the whole county is not possible at this time. We're talking about at the ETU. At the ETU for Bong County, I can't give you that figure at the moment because we include Margibi and Nimba. So it's not disaggregated. It's not disaggregated at the moment in my numbers. But what I can say is early care, early diagnosis has been shown to improve survival rate. So your listeners should know if they meet the case definition that they should seek medical attention. The case definition is the following. If you've had a contact and you have a fever or unexplained bleeding, you are very likely to have the Ebola virus and we should test you to make sure that you don't. If you have it, we'll admit you and we will do our utmost to make sure that you make it through. If you have a contact and you don't have a fever or unexplained bleeding, but you have diarrhea, vomiting, nausea, muscle weakness, um, uh, significant fatigue, then you should come and get tested because you might have Ebola and it's very important that we identify that early on. If you don't have a known contact, maybe you rode in a shared taxi, maybe you took public transportation, maybe you're not aware, but you still feel these symptoms, come to the ETU for, to evaluate your case. But you should know, if you just have a fever and none of the other symptoms, if you just have a stomach ache and none of the other symptoms, you might have something like malaria or some gastrointestinal illness that is very common in Bong County. And Phoebe Hospital has indicated that they're open 
So you can go to them if you have very simple conditions to make sure that you get evaluated. The people that come to the ETU should really try to make sure that they fit the full case definition so that that way we're only seeing the people that are most likely to happen. Let's look at the admittance process uh, in getting at the ETU. Perhaps someone is in the community and done with uh, the Ebola. Uh, what is the process? As I understand it, there is a countywide dispatch hotline that you can call. Once that call is made, then the surveillance officer at the county health board is made aware of the fact that there might be an Ebola case in the community, and they call, they contact our ambulance coordinator, who then goes out into the community to evaluate that person, checking against the agreed case definition, and then makes a decision to bring that person to the ETU or not. As you've already heard, we've discharged 40 people, one-third of our cases, as negative. So... We get people that don't necessarily have Ebola that still meet the case definition, and we are happy to make sure that we confirm those tests and then send you home so that you can get the best treatment you need. The other ways that people can be identified is that the CDC has surveillance officers in the community um, going from village to village. Um, the county health department also does its own outreach and surveillance, and they identify individuals that might be um, or areas where we should send our ambulances. We have strong relationships with the NIMBA and Margibi county health departments as well, so we try to check with them to make sure that if they have cases, because there's only one small ETU in Gunta and the ETU in Margibi is not ready yet. So we want to get those cases out of the community as quickly as possible. Now, um, normally uh, people have this uh, perception, or maybe not any perception, but it's been uh, considered that Ebola has no cure. Uh, people normally think that way. Uh, what sort of, a, is it a specialized sort of a drugs are you offering patients here, or is it a combination of regular you know, medication that's making the process working? Ebola does not have a cure, mm. but... The available evidence suggests that early treatment and supportive therapies can improve survival. So that's important because I know there's a lot of radio messages like uh, advertisements that say that there, there is no cure, there is no treatment, but that's not quite right. There is no cure, but if you get proper rehydration, if you get vitamins and nutrients to help supplement what's in your body and to help support your immune system as it fights the disease, you have a better chance of survival. But we do not use any experimental therapies here. We use the standard case management protocol that's been agreed to by the Ministry of Health, as far as I understand it, which is treatment for malaria as well as other bacterial infections because Ebola looks just like malaria in the beginning and it's quite difficult to identify between and malaria is endemic in Bong and so it's even if we treat for malaria we're doing a service to people so then it helps and we can get people feeling better before they leave here because we give even if you're discharged in one day we always give you the full set of treatment for malaria as well as the antibiotics so that that way you can continue to get better as the time passes. Now, what is the accumulated death now so far? My numbers say 29. Since you opened, 29 deaths. Yes, but um, 17 of them were among confirmed cases. 12 of them, we were not able to test them. They either died on arrival or before we were even able to take a sample. So that constitutes how many percent of those that have been admitted here? Roughly... 33% of the patients that have been admitted have ended up being deceased, have expired. But in terms of the confirmed case fatality, 
it's 55% have died, 45% have survived. But every day that changes. Today we expect to release more people and we're not, there's no one at the moment that actually looks as ill as someone who's dying. We have our fingers crossed that we have a few. <laughs> but the, the issue is that the, the good story is that you, you release a lot of people then burying a lot of people. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's improving all the time. And the reason that it's improving is partially because we're providing very good care, but it's also partially because surveillance is working and people are coming to this facility to make sure that they get tested and they come out of the community early. The earlier you come, the better your chances. But we've also had many people walk up who say, well, I just have a headache. If you just have a headache and you don't have any contacts, you don't know anybody who's died of Ebola, nobody else in your household is sick, it's probably not Ebola. So what we're trying to do is to make sure we're clear about what the case definition is so that that way only the people that are really in need come so that we can make sure that we treat them efficiently, test them efficiently, and send them home as quickly as possible. Recently you had a situation with the health workers. And I care to know about whether you have a situation with uh, your support staff at the local level, not void of the, the health workers. Do you have any problem with the support staff recruited from Bone County? Our staff are very dedicated, and throughout the recent difficulties that have been happening in different pockets of Liberia, our staff have communicated to us the fact that they feel challenged because they are part of the union and they want to support their colleagues, but they also feel that this work is very important and they don't want to abandon their posts and they also want to make sure that patients get the care they need. And so we were very lucky to have the health staff stay on with us. They did let us know that it's difficult for them, but they made a choice that was for the benefit of the patients and we really respect and value that. And that did not disrupt any activities here? It did not disrupt anything, and I would like to really express my respect for the support that we've received from the county health department, from other organizations in the community, from our health workers, and from our support staff. We have not, you know, in a crisis situation, there's bound to be difficulties, but they were resolved quickly. And they have not reemerged. And I feel that we have a very dedicated team of professionals who's willing to talk out the problems rather than walk out on problems. So um, now, um, the opening of the laboratory by the U.S. Marine at Catterton, uh, how is it impacting your own work here? Um, the lab has been phenomenally helpful. We are able to. Um, depending on how quickly we can get the blood samples to the laboratory, um, we're able to get sample results back within four or five hours. We can sometimes release patients within the same day. It's rare because distances are so large in Bond County and in this part of um, Liberia. So if someone comes from NIMBA, we don't like to send them home at four or five o'clock at night. We would rather wait until the next day because one of the major problems um, is that with limited health system functionality right now, if you have a car accident, you're, you're, you're very at risk of dying because there's really not that many options for you to get care. So Phoebe Hospital is open, but if they die on the way to Nimba, somewhere in a remote place, it's very difficult. So we'd really like to make sure that we provide the safest discharge possible, so we try to discharge during the day. Okay, one key problem, Ben, is that... Um 
the reintegration of uh, formal Ebola survivors. Uh, uh, when it started, especially in Lofa, you just have an Ebola survivor going home without community sensitization, and at time, the stigma is still in the community. What sort of approach are you using for smooth integration for formal uh, Ebola survivors? We have a fantastic psychosocial support team. We have one expatriate clinical psychologist who actually has been living in Liberia for several years working with communities and shows she has a good sense of the culture. Um, we also have a team, we'll have more, but at the moment we have four um, psychosocial officers who, who support the effort as well. We have a number of strategies to support reintegration. The first is that when our ambulance teams go out, we actually send a social worker with the ambulance to talk to the community about the treatment program, about where the ETU is, about what they can expect um, to hear back in terms of communication from the ETU. Then, upon discharge, we also um, contact if it's someone from the local area in Bond County, we contact Reverend Padmore, the chaplain from uh, Phoebe Hospital, who's been really helpful in connecting with the community. We also call directly the family members that are remaining of the patient to let them know that the patient is coming and to let them know this, the situation regarding reintegration. For example, Ebola patients who are cured, which means they no longer have the disease, are safe in terms of casual touching, casual relationships. It's important to know, though, that um, cured Ebola patients do still carry some of the virus in body fluids like semen and vaginal secretion. So it's important to avoid any kind of sexual activities for three months. We instruct our patients about that. We also instruct their families about that. But we let them know that otherwise they're safe to them. Do you offer them maybe... Um maybe reintegration package or maybe uh, something to start up with because they are starting anew. I'm glad you asked that. We, When patients come here, they actually, all of their clothes are, they take off their clothes, we give them new clothes in the ward. The clothes they came in with are actually burned, incinerated in the incinerator. When they leave, we give them um, a blanket. We give them a bucket with some chlorine or some soap. We give them some clothes we give them a pair of shoes. We also give them a little bit of transportation money so that they can get home to their communities because we can't drive everyone home, but we try to make sure that they have the capability to get home. So we give them something small. It certainly doesn't replace everything they've lost, but we do try to make sure that when they leave here, they're leaving here with something that will help them restart their lives again. We've been listening to a lot of good things. Um, finally, what has maybe some challenges along the way in your own work here? You had to save the most difficult question for last. Ebola is just a challenging disease. Actually, I don't, we haven't experienced a challenge I didn't expect. For example, we use an exceptionally large amount of supplies every single day. People go into the unit four, five times throughout the day. They have to put on those coveralls. They have to put on all that equipment. And then all of that gets destroyed. So we've been successful, very successful, with our logistics team in getting supplies here. But that's not an easy task. So would I call it a challenge? A challenge is something that's difficult for you to face. So we, we face it, but we've surpassed it. We've, achieved, we've moved past it. Another challenge is, is making sure that we maintain 
a high state of infection prevention and control because after a month of being open you become nor ever the situation becomes normalized and so you if you let things slip you then could put yourself and your colleagues at risk and so we have very strong protocols in place to make sure that people follow our infection prevention and control procedures so in some ways that's a challenge but it's not a challenge that's insurmountable it was a pleasure to move you It was a pleasure to talk to you too. I really appreciate your flexibility and the fact that you came back to our ETU, which we like to think of as the happiest and most fun ETU in all of Liberia. Why should you give that description? Because we have great um, connections with the community. We talk to our patients both from within the ward as well as from outside. The staff are very collegial and collaborative. If you need something, people are ready to jump at a moment's notice. For this interview, we needed to stop certain construction or uh, rehabilitation activities that were happening and nobody said no. They just did it. And so it's a very it's a very strong collegial team environment which makes it a good place to come to work and i think that our patients and the families of patients have recognized that as well you know ebola is a very difficult disease it's very challenging for families and patients it's physically difficult it's emotionally taxing but we do our best to ease the spirits of everyone that has to come through here she is somovic chima lapeta program coordinator of the International Medical Corp Liberia providing updates about the Bon Ebola treatment unit in Suakogobon County since it started operation a month ago. With that, this is how we close on the edition of Ebola Situation Report, a radio production air on Radio Banga to provide updates about the Ebola situation in Central Liberia. I am Jefferson Massa. Have a pleasant good morning. Pour